Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. This one has been in the planning stages for a little while, and it's one that both of us are really passionate about, and that is the topic of why you shouldn't rely on your boss to develop you. And we both have seen and have experienced in our own careers this idea that your boss should be the person that develops you. And our view is quite different, I think, as a result of the experience that we've had and the the work that we do with our clients. So Pam, kick us off then. What are the kind of key reasons why people shouldn't rely on their boss? It's counterintuitive. So the first thing to think about is whether that boss is actually capable of developing you. And it's not always the case that they are. You don't know how they got to that position. You don't know what they know. Well, you might know some of what they know, but generally they might not be capable of developing you. They might not. They might have done really well to get to where they are and develop themselves in some way, but they might not have that ability to be able to develop you it is a real skill to be able to develop other people and I think the assumption that your boss should be the person to develop you makes the unspoken assumption that your boss is capable so I think that's a really important point that your boss might have all the desire and all the hope and will and want you to be able to develop but they may not have the capability to actually help you to develop in the ways that you need to develop. Yeah, and I think we're we're all very much conditioned, or we have been in the past, that start of your career, you get a job, you learn from your manager, your manager develops you, you progress through your career, they help you. But we know that isn't always the case, isn't it? Because even if they've got the capability, they might not have that desire to help you develop. Yeah. And even if they do, so even assuming that they've got the capability and the desire, if you're an ambitious manager or a leader, then the person you're reporting into is probably really busy. And even if they have both the capability and the desire, they may still not have the time and capacity to be able to develop you. So you've got they've got to have all of those three for that to be something that's even going to happen. So I think when you start to look at what are the chances that your boss has all of those three things available to them, then straight away you can start to see why it may not be the smartest strategy to rely on them to develop you. But what are some of the other reasons? So if you assume that potentially you have got a boss that's got all those three, we would still argue that you shouldn't rely on that person. And that perhaps sounds weird. So why would we say that? I think the main reason is always going to be that you will lose ownership of your 
own career development and putting your career development into the hands of someone else like it's never going to be the version that you actually want it's going to be their version based on their perception and what they think you're capable of whereas if you take real ownership of your career then you can create the version of your career that you want to grow into even if you're coming down to the money that you want to earn and all of the good stuff that that sits behind that when you take ownership you are being intentional and you are making sure that all of those things that you want and all of the things that you'd like to achieve that you've got that you've got the best plan to make that happen I love that word intentional and having those choices that you are making rather than placing that responsibility with somebody else is really fundamental to our philosophy. Our strapline for the whole podcast is take ownership of your career. And so absolutely, I agree that it's really important not to lose ownership by placing that in the hands of somebody else. I would also say when you are reliant on your boss, naturally, the goals in terms of your development that your boss is going to have, they're probably, hopefully, going to have your best interests at heart. But fundamentally, their role is to deliver on behalf of the organization that they're employed by. And so not only are you losing ownership, but also the development goals then become shaped by making you more able to deliver company goals as opposed to your own personal goals. So it's another aspect of that kind of choice and intentionality, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a really good point that you make there as well because ordinarily most managers are not going to want their people to move on. So there's always that element of are they suppressing you to keep you in that role? Are they really going to develop you? Because depending on how fast they develop you determines how quick you move on. So it's almost like you give the ownership to them and they keep you small or they suppress your development for a period of time that suits them. It's a really interesting point. Just last week, I was having a conversation with another coach and one of their clients was in that predicament where they wanted to move on and they had this debate going of, do I tell my boss that I'm going for an interview or do I not? Because my boss values loyalty and wants people to stay and wants to keep the team as it is. So this was somebody that was taking ownership of their career and their development, but they had a boss who they knew that was at risk. So it's if I go for an interview and I get it, they're going to find out and be hurt that I didn't tell them. If I go for an interview and I tell them, but then I don't get it, then they're going to be hurt that I've wanted to get out for my own personal goals. So I think that piece really does come into play where at a conscious or a subconscious level, a lot of bosses naturally, if they've got a team that is working and they've worked hard to build it, they do want to keep some stability and it's going to present a challenge for them if you are this superstar and you're having all these other opportunities and you go off and make progress. And with good people, often even at a subconscious level, there is still that element. And I know I've been that person. I'm really passionate about people's development. Look at what I do for a living. 
But I know that in the past I've had that kind of, oh, I really want you to develop. But if you can just give me six more months to just get to this point so I can have another person ready. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. It's it, And it all feeds into that thing of it's about the organization's goals. It's about their goals rather than your own personal goals. So what's the final one then? Because I think this is the one that we're now going to start to move on to sharing a bit of how to do this. Yeah. So the final one is that you need to develop the skills to develop yourself because without that skill, you will just keep going around in circles and letting other people take ownership or letting other people push you in directions that you don't know if those directions are right for you. And the only way that you will know is by taking ownership and creating that real clear strategy for your future career and taking ownership developing yourself is a skill set and I think it's easy for that to be sidelined because it feels quite selfish to put your energy and attention into learning how to develop yourself feels a bit selfish but also on the other side there is that element then of but isn't that somebody else's job so I'm always amazed at how many people come to me and self-fund for coaching. And I really admire that because it's people investing in themselves and their career in a way that I really didn't realize when I was employed. And I was fortunate enough to have external coaches that my company had funded. And I, hand on heart, don't know if I would have done that for myself had that have not been paid for by my employer so if people are ready to do that and recognize do you know what that is an incredible skill to be able to develop myself is going to make a huge difference to my career where do people start with that if you've been that person who's waited and hoped that development was going to be forthcoming and it hasn't or if that development has been shaped around company goals and now you want to take ownership of it where do you start with learning how to develop yourself? I think the first point is going to be around clarity. You need to really think about what you want to develop because I see a lot of people, I see so many CVs with so many training courses on where people have had opportunities to go on training courses and they've literally jumped on every single one because they felt like the more training courses that they do and that they can document on their CV. It's going to help them further the career when in actual fact, taking a step back and getting really clear on which are the areas that I need to develop. It will allow you to look for the right opportunities. It will allow you to look at the right training courses and to even request those through work and where that's not possible you can see what other resources are available out there. You can have conversations. Like there's so many things that you can do once you've got that clarity on what it is that you need to develop. And I think what you need to develop comes from clarity around what is it that you want to get? What opportunity do you want to create for yourself? What do you want over the next phase of your career? And if people go back and listen to the New Year episodes that we did just a few weeks ago, where we talked about reflecting and then on thinking about reverse engineering your career strategy, 
that's where we talked in some depth about that process of getting that clarity about what do you want from your career. And if you haven't listened to that, I would definitely start with that because otherwise the danger is you try and get that clarity about what do I need to develop, but there's so many things up in the air and it's hard to prioritize them if you haven't got a purpose in mind. So if you've got 17 things that you could develop or you think you would benefit from developing, then if you've got a next goal in mind, whether that be a promotion or a career change or a next level, something different, then it makes it so much easier to rank those different forms of development or different opportunities in terms of how much will this particular thing help me towards that particular goal. Yeah, and that's a really good point because especially as you move like further and further up the ranks within your career, it usually does come down to three key areas of like strategy, the commercial elements and leadership. So it's like when you're thinking about clarity and what where do I need to develop and what do I need to develop next it's like really narrow it down to those different things because otherwise like you say you can have 17 different things that you think you need to develop but in reality if you I always take it back to being in an interview right so if you are thinking about the next step in your career path and you are sitting there right now interviewing for that role what do they need to hear from you? What do they need to see from you? What do you need to evidence? And that is going to be where the clarity around what you need to develop is going to come from, because that is where you can have that real honest conversation with yourself that says, if I got asked around strategy in an interview for the next step up or the next move in my career, how would I evidence that? Maybe I could a little bit maybe I really couldn't or yeah I've got loads of things that I can talk about and I've had lots of exposure to developing and designing strategies and all of that kind of stuff so that's where you can really drill down if you think how do I get the clarity just think about being in that interview seat and what they might need to hear from you and that is definitely going to throw out some of those key starting points I love that advice and that puts me in mind when I talk to clients about the different ways that you can develop yourself I put it into three buckets if you like so you can develop your knowledge you can develop your skills and you can develop your behaviors or character and very often coming back to what you were saying about interview people naturally lean towards knowledge People think I need to know more in order to be better at my job or in order to get another opportunity. When you go to an interview, they're not asking what you know. There's a certain benchmark, obviously, for every role of knowledge that you need. But what they really want is your skills and your behaviors. That's what a competency-based interview is looking at. It's looking at how do you apply your knowledge? How do you develop skills and what behaviors can we expect from you in this role so those interview questions are typically and the more senior you go the more that tends to be the case that knowledge becomes comparatively less the golden ticket and your behaviors become more the golden ticket because that leadership capacity that strategic ability is far more sitting in the skills and behavior buckets as opposed to the knowledge 
So very often what people think they need in order to develop themselves changes when they get that clarity of where am I heading for? And then, like you said, I absolutely love that advice of thinking of it when you sat in an interview, because it's such a it's such an easy thing for people to think, yeah, what questions might I be asked when I go for that next role? Ah, yeah, maybe that changes what I need to focus on. Yeah, because then straight away you can just see the gaps that you've got and then you can look at what training courses, what conversations, what coaching could help me to plug those gaps. And it just makes it that little bit clearer. And I think the other thing as well, when you start to prioritize, one of the things that's helpful is to also consciously deprioritize. So very often when people start thinking about developing themselves or you know, how to progress in their career, they come up with this huge list. And we see it all the time where people are looking at leadership roles, they're looking at getting a promotion or they're looking at applying for a new job and they feel like they've got to have absolutely everything on the shopping list. And it's very easy for that to drive this assumption of I've got to be skilled in everything. And the reality is you don't. There's always going to be things that you don't need as much or things that are less key. And so I think that letting go of things and feeling like, yeah, okay, I'm going to take these areas and really focus on those because the roles that I want are going to have more of that. And the roles that I'm doing, fine, I can leave that behind. I don't need to be more skilled at the job I've already got. I need to develop the skills for the job that I want. Yeah, exactly. And I I love that research that you talked about as well, where you said where people have most benefited from development opportunities. I thought that was a really good model to to think about when you're trying to get that clarity around what you need to develop. Yeah. And I think the other thing as well, when people then start to get that clarity about what they need to develop, is then thinking about how can they create that And the assumption often is that it needs to be those courses. It needs to be formal training. I need to go on a leadership course or I need to learn about strategy or I need to do, I don't know, a project management qualification or whatever it may be. And again, people can then get frustrated if there isn't budget or there isn't opportunity but there's so much that you can do that does not rely on formal training and qualifications. So typically, that only accounts for about 10%. If you think about what how you've gained all of the skills and experience and capacity for doing what you do in your career and look back on how you gained it, you'll find inevitably the vast majority has come from conversations with colleagues it's come from doing things and learning from them it's come from googling listening to podcasts watching youtube videos it's come from things that are not big formal types of development and i think people underestimate the value of informal mentoring within the workplace of having conversations with people who've made the types of career progression that you're aspiring to and of just throwing themselves in. Mm. And that's a thing because when we were talking about the, it's the 70, 20, 10 model, isn't it? That, w- that you were talking about. And 
when you said 70% of development happens through on-the-job experience, it's, wow, we don't even realize that, do we? Because we're so caught up a lot of the time in our to-do lists and just delivering because it's part of the job that we don't realize that every day that we're in work, regardless of what we're working on, we're actually developing in some way. Like every day, if you look for it, there's a learning. There is something that you can take away from each day, whether it's an interaction, a thought, a feeling, whatever you've had, there's something that you can take away from each day. And then like leading on to that is the 20% that happens socially through those conversations. Whoever said like having a quiet work environment was going to be useful those conversations those on the job conversations those conversations that you have in passing they're all also helping towards your development aren't they because they're those conversations that that you listen to that you have where you're getting those things out of your head aren't you and almost thrashing them out with different types of people as you go throughout the day so valuable And not just in the workplace, it can be socially with people that are at a similar career stage of you. There's so many opportunities for informal, and I've got someone that I, we joke about calling it fizzy brain, and she runs a a development um, company, and literally, I cannot have a conversation with her without my brain sparking in a million different ways. And that's because she just has this innate ability to ask questions or to float ideas that really just spin my head and and help me to think in different ways and and see different perspectives. And that is so incredibly valuable for me because I really value my own development. So spending time with people who create that spark in you, who help you to think differently, who ask you questions about what you do and why you do it. And All of that stuff, I remember my very first coach having a a similar thing where I was like frustrated that I wanted more formal learning opportunities. And I still remember to this day getting to that conclusion from her very skillful questioning where I was, oh, my entire job is a development opportunity. She was like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm, you don't say. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because sometimes you don't realize and because you have that expectation, because we're conditioned to have that expectation that we learn from our managers and they will develop us and they will help us to progress. Like it's if we're honest, we've all been conditioned to a certain extent to believe that. I suppose it's now like thinking about reframing that, isn't it? And thinking about how do I take ownership? How do I stop leaving it to chance? How do I take my career? out of someone else's hands and start being more intentional and really taking the ownership or taking the ownership back. If if you feel like you've had somebody that's been calling the shot, take the ownership back. Now is the time to do that. So I suppose in terms of practical tips, what would you say the first thing that people need to do to take that ownership back? There's probably hundreds that we could pick and as ever we've cherry picked so there's fives that I would cherry pick and the first of those just picking up on that conversation we were just having is thinking about intentionally learning from other people but specifically people who you don't want to be like so this one comes up for me very often with clients they will want career progression 
And they will pinpoint somebody who has managed to, in their eyes, inexplicably and unjustifiably get on and progress and have the type of opportunity that they're aspiring to. And the things they'll say to me is they're always spouting stuff on LinkedIn or they're not even that good at their job, but they just seem to get these opportunities. And I'm like, so look at what are the things that they're doing? Who are they speaking to? How are create how are they creating those career opportunities for themselves? And how can you do that in a way that is right for you? But you can really learn from how are those people that you don't want to be like, how have they got those opportunities? And it's the same with leadership. Look at people who you don't want to be like. What are your golden rules for the things you don't want to do as a leader? And as soon as you start looking at those things, you can create those those ways of being or different behaviors that you can focus on that can be different to the people that you don't want to be like. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of doing that, thinking about what you don't want to be. Because I think sometimes when you can, if we ask somebody the question, what is it that you want to develop? What is your key focus? A lot of the time, especially if there's loads of stuff going on, people don't always know what to focus in on. But when you look at it from that other aspect of what don't you want to be like what what like in terms of like leadership how who are the people that you really don't like their leadership approach that's where then you can start drilling down to the good stuff and really thinking about what you want to do it's no matter what you do thinking about what you don't want is always going to get you closer to what you do want so which would you pick out then of our others what do you feel has been really helpful for you I think one of the key things that was absolutely game-changing for me in my career was consistent reflection. And it was like, it was amazing when I learned about reflection because I was like, how do I get, I think it was about 28, 29. And I was like, how do I get this far down the path of my life and not have even heard about reflection (laughs) and know what it is and obviously you do it without really thinking about it but never really intentional if you don't understand it and the power of reflecting and I think for me that was a massive game changer so thinking about what had gone what hadn't gone so well what I wanted to improve on even some of the conversations that I'd had and how they made me feel and how I would then approach things going forward on the basis of that reflection, that absolutely propelled my career. Like it it really helped me push forward and be stronger and really know what I wanted and what I was moving towards and really get that focus because before I reflected, it was just a case of go in, do the work next day. And it was just like that kind of eat, sleep, repeat work cycle thing that you go through. I think I've got it in the wrong order, but it's, you just go through the day to day and you never really look back to move forward because you think I've not got time. I'll just keep plowing forward when really that reflection time is massive. And can show you so much and tell you so much about yourself and also support the growth as well. And I have some questions that I use each week for reflection. One of those is what have I learned or been reminded of this week? And I find that really simple question 
that I ask myself at the end of each week so helpful because very often it's not even stuff that you've learned that's brand new knowledge. It's stuff that you have been reminded of in some way. And I think it's hard to create a consistent practice of reflecting, but it is also incredibly valuable when people do it. So the next one I'm going to pick out is seek out challenges. So if you want to build the skill of developing yourself, staying in your comfort zone is not where you're going to develop yourself. And this one requires some bravery and it requires being willing to be vulnerable and not have all the answers. And I think the further you go in your career, the harder that can be. So often when people do the reflection and think, how did I progress earlier on in my career? It was often taking things on that you didn't know how to do yet. And you figured it out as you went along. And I think the further you go and the more you gain status and other people's respect. And if you've been somewhere for a while, it can be hard to take a risk and feel like, I'm not sure that I can do this. But taking an opportunity that you don't feel ready for is an amazing opportunity for self-development and learning. Yeah, I love that. And I think that can really help you to see what you need to develop and where you feel uncomfortable and really help you to figure out where those key focus points are to move you forward. The final one for me would be asking for feedback. And we've covered this so many times on the podcast, haven't we? We always talk about asking for feedback and how uncomfortable feedback can be, but also how useful feedback can be as well. And asking for feedback on a regular basis and really checking in with yourself can really help support your development and making sure that you are asking the right people for feedback and asking them for feedback on the right things as well. Not just asking for generic feedback, but asking for really specific feedback will really support your development as well. Yeah, we'll link back to the episode on how to get feedback that actually helps in the show notes so that you can go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it already. And I think the final one for me is teach or mentor others. So one of the things that can really help learning or development to stick is when you think about something in a way that allows you to help somebody else. And when you do that, that really cements kind of knowledge, understanding, context. Sometimes you'll know what needs to happen, but you might not think about why things might have become second nature. And teaching or mentoring other people is a great opportunity to help reflect in a way that allows you to communicate it succinctly to somebody else. The other thing about mentoring that's incredibly valuable is that when you're open to it, As a mentor, you always learn from your mentee. There can be an assumption that the mentor, it should be one way and the mentor should be the kind of the wise elder um, and the mentee should be the person that's learning. But in every relationship that I've had where I've been a mentor, I have learned something about myself or developed myself in some way from that relationship that I've developed with a mentee. So I think when you're open to it, that's an incredible way to build your own development. 
Yeah, I love that. So this has been a really good one to record this week. And I think this is one that I wish particularly that I'd have been able to listen to like early on in my career. I think it would have been really useful. And this is part of what we cover in our career development workshops as well under our Catalyst brand. So if you are listening to this and you are thinking that you would like to introduce some development for your teams into your business, then do drop us a message and we can give you all of the information on the career development programs that we run under Catalyst Careers. So we hope that you found this episode really useful and please do share it with anyone else that you think might find it useful too. Let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover on the podcast we always love to hear from you and hear how you've put into action some of the things that you've heard on the podcast and don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms and we'll be back next week with another episode exciting news from us if you're an ambitious leader or manager earning 50k or more and you're ready to take your career to the next level we have an opportunity for you Introducing Catalyst Career Club, your secret weapon for unlocking career success. As a member, you'll get access to monthly live training sessions, exclusive job opportunities, and the ability to get personalized advice from us on your toughest career challenges. We've helped thousands of driven leaders like you secure significant pay rises, land dream roles, and thrive in their careers. And now we want to support you in achieving your most ambitious career goals too. Membership is just $6.99 per month with no contract or tie-in. And as a special bonus for being our podcast listeners, you can use the code podcast at checkout to get your first month for just £1. Head over to PamelaLangan.com forward slash Catalyst Career Club to sign up now and we'll see you inside.